Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. I've been doing a series for quite some time called God's Version of You. God's version of you. How many of you would, would agree with me that God's version of you is superior to your version of yourself? Amen? And then the more that we can come into a, a realization of that, the more we're able to rise up to levels that we probably were self-limited at. All right? And the Lord's trying to raise us up. He's trying to help us get restored in our inner man. He's trying, to, he's trying to reconstruct our framework of self-belief. Whoa, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling some crazy buzz of the Holy Spirit right now. <laughs> you guys, like, you have two options right now. You can sit there and watch me look ridiculous, or you can open yourself to receive what he's doing and, and let this be a corporate encounter instead of a spectator's encounter. Whoa. Lord, I want you to do more in this room right now. <laughs> I give you permission to wreck me. And if nobody else jumps on board, I still want you to wreck me. It'll be their loss. <laughs> but I pray that you'll bring them on board too. Whew. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, flow right now. Touch each person. He, he's in here. Whew. I, I might, this might just mess my train of thought up. More, Lord. This is what we pray for, guys. Hey! More, Lord. Break it open. Break it open, Lord. Hey! Break it open, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Break it open, Lord. In Jesus' name. I committed to the Lord a long time ago that, that He's my priority, and His presence is my priority. Whew. Well, don't sober up for a sermon. Drink during it, and I'll see if I can get through this too. <laughs> so the, the series, God's Version of You, and, and let me tell you, you're, you're greater than you ever knew, all right? You're greater than you ever knew. God created you in his own image. He created you in his image. And the work of Christ is to, is to restore us to, to, his, to the origins. And last week I, I did a message, and I, I can't remember, Dennis, I think I called it I think I called it restored to our origins. Because God's version of you 
it's not just getting us saved. It's not just getting us clean. It's actually restoring us to his original intent of what humanity was supposed to be before the fall ever came. And in Christ is where we get redeemed. We get restored back to what God's original intent was. drugs a little bit <laughs> but but the lord he's, his, his plan for us is greater than we know it's it, it starts off by restoring our 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 purity in christ uh, restoring us from being enslaved to sin and and bondage and to break shackles off of us and, and last week, I, I kind of went into some detail. If you weren't here, you might benefit from listening to it. But um, when, Adam and Eve, when God created Adam and Eve, he created them to be people who are a prince and a princess on this earth under their, their father, God. And that he gave them complete dominion over this earth. And, and he gave them the Garden of Eden as his heaven on earth domain. Okay. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, but, uh, but he, whoa, guys, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I like it. I like it. You might not, but I do. <laughs> Lord, I pray that you'll get everybody drunk in the Holy Spirit. I think he's going to answer my prayer. Whew. All right. And, and, then, and then Adam and Eve, they, they took the bait of Satan. They, they were deceived by a snake. And, and, uh, whew. and Satan, Satan knew that they wouldn't understand what the temptation actually was unto. They thought it was just so they could eat of a tree that God said not to and that he was going to unlock um, wisdom beyond the limitations that they already had which God actually gave them the limitations of their wisdom to protect them from realms that he never intended for mankind to ever have any influence by. Because everything was good, except the tree of the knowledge of good, partial good, and evil. And the, to eat of that tree was going to open their understanding to a whole realm that God was actually trying to keep them free from. Hallelujah. And that living in the realm of just the good, which is under the, the domain of heaven on earth, everything was good. There was no sin. There was no shame. There was no brokenness. There was no sickness or disease. There was no broken families. There was no divorce. None of the things that, that destroy hearts in this age existed in the realm that God tried to keep them contained in. And, and, and so... The devil knew that he could trick them. Well, you can try to, if you eat this thing, you're going to actually become like God. Ooh, I want to become like him. Forgetting that they actually had already been created in his image and were actually in union with the very person that the devil tried to make them think you could actually self-sufficiently become like this other person that you're not. And God the whole time had created them to be in his image. 
in, not, just, not just created like his image, created in his image. We're, we're a part of his image. Hallelujah. And, and, and that he gave them authority on this earth. And it, uh, we're going to go into all that. I need to not spend my time on that yet. But everything that God gave mankind before the fall got destroyed and stolen and, and Satan's ultimate goal was not to get them to think they're like God. It was to get them to obey him, to, to surrender the dominion that God gave them. They, they actually, without knowing it, bowed it to Satan and made him their new king and God. They didn't know it, but he knew it, and he lured them into becoming a slave master. And God had to remove them from the perfected place that he created. He put a cherub with a flaming sword so they could no longer access the tree of life because that would cause them to live eternally in their fallen, broken, demonized state that they were in. So he sent them out, but guess what? We have the New Testament, and there's a verse in Rome, or I think it's in Revelation, that it says that Jesus Christ was the Lamb who was slain from before the foundations of the world. And we've been reading out of Ephesians 1 and going deep on that, and it says that, that God chose us in Him from before the foundations of the world. Come on. And so while God is standing there watching his beloved son and daughter who he created all this stuff for so that they could be the recipients of his love that he couldn't compress within himself. He had to express his love. He created a son. He created a daughter to become the recipients of love. And he had to stand there in, in the cool of the day and watch them hiding in shame. From him who only came there so that he could lavish love on his children. <laughs> and he had to watch them sin. He had to watch them go into shame, into self-protection, into self-fake um, exterior mode. Hide myself with a fig leaf so you won't see that I have problems within me, even though you, even though you see it already. Hide behind a tree. Hopefully you won't see my nakedness because I'm ashamed of it now. But God created them naked and not ashamed. And the reason that their eyes open and they could see things and now they saw that they were naked is because, this is what I believe, that they actually had been grafted into God and His glory in union with Him. But when they chose to become like God, they actually had to separate themselves from Him to try to be equal to something else that God created them to be in union with. So they had to separate themselves. That was Satan's ultimate plan. Get, I can, the, the beloved who, who had the benefits of, of being sons and daughters, who Satan knew that he used to be the highest worship leader and the most anointed in heaven under Jesus. But pride came into his heart. He wanted to become like God and to be seated on a throne so he could receive worship and then God said, we'll have none of this. And he booted him out of heaven. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning to the earth. And Revelation says a third of the angels fell with him. And God knew all that. 
And Satan hated the fact that he became an orphan. Excuse my language, but he became the ultimate bastard. A fatherless child who, who has no access to a father anymore. I'm not, I'm not saying that derogatory. It's a true, true definition of that, of that word. He became that and he knew he could never have it again. He never was God's son in the first place. And now he's looking at this male and female that God created in his very image to be in union with him. And Satan knows that he wants to get back at God, but he stands no chance. So what can he do? He can try to destroy the humanity, God's children. Try to become like God. Try to become in his image. He knew exactly what that will do to them because it happened to him. God had to purify his holy habitation by, by ejecting out of it all things that will defy and, and, and cause impurity in a place that must remain pure. Send him out. So it's now Satan... Who, who, by the way, was a super weak person. He was crawling around on his belly. He used to be like the archangel or whatever, the big dog, right? Now he's crawling around slithering. <laughs> you, you could become like God. He didn't want them to become like God. He wanted to, them to get separated from God and become orphans and become, uh, become bondage to his kingdom so that he could actually feel like he has authority again and bring them into bondage and corruption and darkness. So God had to remove them from his garden, not out of hate, out of mercy. I don't want you to live forever in the state you are. But guess what? When God's watching that whole thing, before all that, God already knew. Jesus, I've already taken care of this. Before the foundation, this is before he even created Adam and Eve. Before Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, Jesus was already the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. Come on! The gospel good news had already existed before Adam and Eve ever even considered that tree. Because God knew it was coming, and he knew he had to create a way. And so guess what God did? Through Jesus Christ, and all who enter into him by faith, receiving the grace that saves us, entering in through the blood of Jesus. We don't just enter into salvation, we enter into the Savior himself. We, we, we get set free from darkness and enter into light. Who is light? God is light. We actually come into Christ. Separated from the world. And that's why we, before we were talking about a saint means to be set apart. All right? Separated from the kingdom of darkness. The powers of that darkness being broken. We brought into Christ. Into complete freedom into complete wholeness and God in Christ didn't just intend to set us free but to actually re-establish us to the origins that he always planned for except this time it's better than what Adam and Eve had before they fell because now we're in Christ come on 
For them in that day, there was not an eternal sacrifice that already been, uh, that already been available to them, even though it happened. It wasn't available yet until Jesus came on the earth. Okay? I don't, it's hard to explain all the eternal, like how was that, how did that happen before God created it, but yet it happened 2,000 years ago. There's an eternal realm, that's all I can say. There's an eternal realm of the Spirit that, th- that there's, not a, there's not a begin or an end. I don't understand it, but I believe, that's what I believe, the cross is in the eternal present. And so it existed before, because God had already predetermined it and did it. Pretty cool, huh? And so now, like, God's watching humanity fail in its own strength. But he knew, I've already paid a price, and and it's going to happen in the flesh in a few thousand years. Okay? It's going to happen. And, 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 there's, and then all the humanity is going to have access back into the kingdom through Jesus. And it's going to be the, restore, the restoration of our origins, except this time it's in Christ. Way better. And, and where Adam and Eve sinned, there, there was no way for them to, to get that back, to get what they lost back. But with you and me, if we sin we can get it back. It's called repentance. And God totally restores us immediately back to where we were. So, so we get an advantage they didn't have. They, they had to get kicked out of the garden. But guess what? Repentance, it gets us right back fully into Christ. And we're good. Hallelujah. Pretty amazing, isn't it? All right. So I, I just wanted to give you guys some context there. Um, I'm getting ready to turn directions a little bit, but it's all coming back to all that. We, uh, Jessica and I, and a few in here, including the Starbucks and Seth, um, and, and actually Emma, ha- have spent years in Redding, California, um, at Bethel Church. And, uh, and Jessica and I lived there for nine years. Bethel is a very unique place. And, and I don't want to say it's unique in a way that that it's superior to other amazing places, but it's unique, all right? And, and one of the things that um, is going on at Bethel is that they have for decades had a revelation of, of the realities of us bringing heaven to earth, okay? On earth as it is in heaven. And, and for decades, they've cultivated through intercessions and through prayers and through worship and declarations and living uh, lives that, that are aligned with the belief that we can actually be uh, God's ambassadors of bringing heaven onto earth. All right? I want to tell you that, that the more time you spend staying the course, focusing on a reality like that, and you don't just hop around here and there and there and there and there and there and there, and you don't build a consistency, but, but you stay the course with what God's doing, and you keep believing that God's going to bring his, his kingdom into a place. You better believe it that in time, there's going to start being a shift in the spiritual atmosphere. And uh, here, in, here in heaven's music, <laughs> heaven is coming to earth right now. The, 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 more, the more you spend time going after this stuff, the, the atmosphere starts to shift and, and, and you create with God, I don't mean on our own, 
We create an open heavens reality. All right? Some people like to call it thin places. It's where, it's where the atmosphere has become um, cleansed of, of, of second heaven demon influence and activity. And the more you're bringing the kingdom of God in, you're bringing the presence of God, you're bringing angels into a place, and you start displacing the atmosphere and things start shifting. It happens. Most of, most of the time, it's not going to be, you know, just like a snap of the finger, boom. You, what, I, what I've seen just in, in places is, is it gets cultivated, all right? It takes persistence. It takes a living a continual life of this. And, and the more you get other people living that life with you and you join forces, you start increasing the momentum of that spirit realm atmosphere shift. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm committed to that for right here. Okay? And, and as a matter of fact, I, I just remembered too that in, um, if you've ever heard of a place called the Moravian Falls in North Carolina, I've been there, some of you probably have too, and, and there's a real open heaven in that area. And I don't know if you know this or not, but there was a people group from Europe, I'm sure you could tell me which country, do you know, or which area? Moravia was a country? Okay, so around that area, these people were, they, they had such a profound um, dedication to the kingdom of God, and they did a hundred year nonstop prayer movement. They had people who would pray through all the hours of the day, through all the hours of the night, every single day, 100 years. And at the Moravian Falls, if I, I could be wrong on this, but I think that the 100 years happened right there on that property too. And so they, they prayed and they owned all this land and there's a waterfall. It's, it's not as amazing as you might expect when you hear all this stuff as far as, I mean, it's cool, but it's not like the Niagara Falls. <laughs> Unless if God opens your eyes in the spirit and then you start to realize there's something there that's way bigger than what your natural eyes see. And, there, and, and people talk about going there, and the atmosphere's different, and there's angelic presences like crazy there. And, and prophets go there often. Bob Jones, I believe, lived there or right near there, and, that, and he moved there for the reason of that, because he wanted to always be tapped into an open heaven that our, that our forerunners cultivated. But you, you don't get to... Pray for a for hundred years and not shift the atmosphere. All right? I'm not, I, I, I declare over this region, it's not going to take a hundred years. I know, I know there's a lot of people who have been praying for this here already for quite some time. But I, I just want to, I'm bringing this stuff up to, to um, water your faith. And, and Bethel, like, People will be driving there, and you'll hear often, you'll hear people say, the moment I crossed the city border, something, I felt something change. And, and it's crazy. And I don't understand this, but in the, in the spirit realm, there's, there's territories where there's domains, okay? And, and uh, 
you, domains really get determined by who's bringing the spiritual influence to the place. All right? Um, people, people just have awesome encounters there. But that got cultivated. I, one time, Jessica and I were swimming at Whiskey Town Beach, and I met a guy who, who told us that, uh, that his family was there on vacation. They drove like probably six hours to get there. I'm like, how did you know, why, of all the places, like, why Whiskey Town? Because there's, like, I mean, he could have gone to Yosemite or anywhere else that's, like, way better than Whiskey Town. And he said, well, he said, he said there's something, and this guy was a heathen, by the way. He said there's something special about this place, this whole area. There's an, it's like an open heaven here. A heathen from somewhere else is talking about open heavens? Wow. He said if there's, there's a special piece here that's different than most places. Okay, I believe it. But the, the thing is crazy. Oh, by the way, Reading also in the, it used to be called Poverty Flats because it was, had so much economic poverty there. I, I remember actually before we moved there and God was calling us to move there, People in, we moved from Hawaii, people are saying, why would you want to go to California? Why would you want to go to Redding? And, and there, there's a national uh, statistic that Redding was in the top 10 cities of the whole nation for the worst economy that's going downhill. And that was like, that, that was supposed to happen. I was supposed to get that information when we were getting confirmations that God was telling us to go there. And they were saying people are leaving California in the droves. And this was, this was back in 2009 before all the stuff you're seeing in the news right now. But, but you think about that kind of a city where it's got that kind of a presence that's been cultivated for decades. People believing that, that God's promised heaven on earth. It's pretty wild. If you go into the prayer house at Bethel and you'll, if you're open in the spirit... You're going to find out exactly what I'm talking about. Well, back in the day, Redding was actually overrun in the spiritual realm by witches and New Agers and cults, cultic people back in the day. So they were the ones who actually, back in the day, like it was actually a place you'd drive through on the interstate and you'd feel a yuck heaviness on it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, and, and a lot of times people who want God to move, they don't, I don't want to go to a place that feels heavy. Oh, you mean you're, look, you're judging it by how it is now instead of what it can be after you put yourself into what God's wanting to do? You, you're, you're, you're determining what you're going to be doing by how it's going to affect you instead of how God wants you to affect it? What if it takes 30 years to see what God's foreordained for that place and you are a key person in it? But it might have some hardship to, to, to work through and pray through. Are you willing or, or do you just want to get to the quick easy? Do you want to hop away from what might have resistance so you can go where everything's off? All, it feels like uh, fawns prancing in the in the field.
Huh? He said we are cool. We are cool. <laughs> <laughs> <We're hip. laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to be hip right now. <laughs> Might have to take another drink after that. How do we how are we determining where we're in where we're putting ourselves and what we're focusing on? Or are we trying to be people who who we want to go where the environment is going to impact us? Or are we gonna believe that God has actually called us into a world that needs desperately heaven to come and that it needs and God's looking for people who are going to choose to commit themselves to be the ambassadors that can bring his kingdom to shift things where it needs to be shifted. I'm thankful that Bill Johnson, Benny Johnson, who, who really headed up a lot of the intercessions in Reading, not going in there trying to put up their dukes against the, the principality, get in my face, I'm going to take you down. Not focusing on that. But focusing on we're seated in heavenly places and that we everywhere we go, I declare this, everywhere I go is an open heaven because I showed up in Christ. And that even though the environment might be demonized by all the cults and the, all that stuff or whatever it is um, that, that, that really corrupt a place, but determining when I show up, the atmosphere shifts from me to it, not from it to me. And that they cultivated that, and then they sowed that into the people they were leading until people start getting the, re- the revelation, and then they start entering into their own seated in heavenly places, walking open heaven realities. And the more people start catching this, the more the unity grows, and the more you start seeing a corporate entrance into this reality. And, and the more that the corporate is going after it, the more the atmospheres around it start shifting. And now, now Reading became the place where people who cross the threshold of the city, they feel God's presence come on them. Whoa. Now it's a place where somebody travels seven hours to, to, to camp in a place that he knew that he could, the, the, the anxiety and stress that he carries where he's from lifts off of him. Because there's a presence in this place that he didn't understand. That's crazy stuff. Oh, and by the way, not only in the spirit realm, but I don't know where things are at now because all the 2020, 2021 craziness, they're working their way through that. (laughs) And there's a lot of crazy challenges that come to Bethel. I, I know that. But, but I also know that they're still functioning from a mindset that says, I'm not going to let that determine what our success is going to be. We're going to make our stand. We're going to keep believing that God gave us promises. We're going to continue expanding his kingdom despite what the government wants to do. Okay? And so, but, but this is what I know at least before all that. I don't know how things are now, but what used to be called poverty flats like now there's, there's secular nationwide articles that have been put out that talk about Reading becoming within the top 10 like trending cities towards success. That's pretty crazy. 
Because they not, are not only shifting spiritual atmospheres, but from that, also shifting mindsets that say that where, where people would believe Reading would be a horrible place to build a business because it's not going to succeed. Shifting a mindset that says Reading is a great place to build a business and the kingdom is there and we're going to succeed. Amen. People believing their way into success. Pretty amazing. Isn't that cool? And, and what I'm, what, what's on my heart to talk about this morning is about taking dominion. Taking dominion. Because Jesus didn't just die on the cross to get you feeling better about yourself. Although that is crucial to him. He wants you to feel better about yourself. But if, if that's where it stops, then we've only received partial redemption. Because God did restore us through the cross so that we can be in right standing with Himself and to have total, absolute intimacy with Him. But the, but the finished work of the cross, the, re, the finish, the restoration of our origins, means that we've got to actually enter back into what God gave Adam and Eve, which was dominion. So that, so that what He did on the inside can be administered outwardly. Isn't that good? All right, I'm going to bust through some scriptures, okay? If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Ephesians 1. I'm going to hit a few, a few verses, a few scriptures today. Um, Ephesians 1, I'm not going to read anything new. I'm going to read what I've already been talking in. But uh, I'm just going to read it fast and then go into some other stuff. I'm going to read verse, start with verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 4. Just as he chose us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, even while he's watching Adam and Eve fall, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He's restoring us to our origins. What it was like for Adam and Eve before they fell. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. So what, when he saw humanity become orphans to him, through Jesus, he's bringing humanity back to himself, adopting us into himself as his sons and daughters, breaking orphanhood off of us. Anybody thankful for that? By the way, orphanhood is not just about your position. It's about your self-belief. And we can be sons and daughters of God and still function like orphans. And he's trying to heal us from that because that's what he broke off of us. Amen? Got to find my spot again. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Everybody repeat this. He made me accepted. In the beloved, God accepts me. He receives me. 
He loves me just like I am because I'm in Christ. His beloved. I'm His beloved. Hallelujah. All right, verse 7, it says, In Him, talking about in Christ, which if you're born again, that's where you are, you're in Christ. We have redemption, and last week I talked about that word redemption means to buy back something that was taken from you, okay? It means to purchase something or to, or to set things free, paying a ransom to set captives free. And so he paid a high price on the cross to, to buy our salvation, something we couldn't afford on our own, to bring us back into his family. He redeemed us back as sons and daughters. Of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm a child of the Most High God. In Him we have redemption through His blood. And that's the only way. The blood of Jesus is so powerful. The cross. Alright? In His blood. The forgiveness of sins. Everybody say, I'm forgiven of my sins. Hallelujah. According to the riches of His grace. I'm just going to stop there. The, just remembering that redemption brings us forgiveness. But I want to tell you that forgiveness from the blood of Jesus is way more than us saying, I'm sorry. And he says, it's okay. It's okay. It's way more than an it's okay. Okay? And I, I, want, to, I want to read this out of, out of Colossians 1.13-14. through 14. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Everybody say, power of darkness. Power of darkness. That power is not dunamis, which is like the miracle working power. It's the, it's, I think it's the word exousia, if I remember right, but it means authority. All right? It's the authority, not, not the mighty power, but authority. All right? He delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us or transferred us from that into the kingdom of His Son of love. Whoa. In whom we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins. Alright? Redemption and the blood of Jesus is way more than, I'm sorry, it's okay. <laughs> sorry God for all the things I did wrong. It's okay. That, Jesus didn't die on the cross so he could say, it's okay. <laughs> We're trying to train our kids when they do something wrong to each other, like take ownership of the thing you did wrong, and, and don't just say I'm sorry, but say I'm sorry for, and then the thing that I did, so that they're taking ownership and actually noticing what they did wrong and communicating that. And then the, training the other one to not just say, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> and then they just move on. When we just do, Sorry, it's okay. Then, then we don't actually like recognize the, the pain of the sin and the bondage of the sin and the, and the weight that it carries that actually deserved for us to go to hell forever. Sorry. Are you, do you know that you're actually like, you possibly could be in hell for like eternity. Sorry. 
That's how most people's repentance is. God, bless my day. Or, thank you for, the, for a great day today. Uh, bless my sleep tonight. I'm sorry for all the things I did wrong. No. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he, he was on the cross looking at the entire world, every single soul that was under bondage to Satan and the dark hordes of hell. And the, and the chains that was on each person that was going to, 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 to shackle them and yank them into an eternal torment place. Sorry, that doesn't cut it. No, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God, God Himself, the eternal, glorious One who ruled this universe on His throne and decided to put off of Himself every attribute of being God, the first sacrifice He ever did of Himself. I'm deity, but I'm going to remove Myself from the attributes of deity. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you, Father, I'm going to let you insert me into a fallen woman's womb. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to be given birth. I'm going to have to be a baby that cries and whines and poops and pees. Getting raised. All the stuff. Like, why couldn't he just expedite himself <laughs> into 33 years old? I'm here to change the world. No, he had to live 33 years of saying no, no, no. I, my, my body wants to do that, but I can't do it. I'm going to deny every entitlement I have to do the things that everybody else can get away with. So that I can keep myself the pure lamb of God. And he went to the cross being sacrificed, crucified by people who mocked him. And, and he, he, he loves them past their sins and says, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. And he saw darkness on all of them. All of us. And, and torment and eternal hell as their destiny. People who are enslaved to demonic influences. No access to divine peace. Things that we can take for granted nowadays. Darkness, all right? This is my children. This is the sons of Adam and Eve. The ones that I, uh, that I created this whole world for. To be, to be my family. And to be my children and to create it in my image. To get to, to experience and live out heaven on earth on this place. But it got, it got ripped away 
And he's on the cross dying because he knows this is the way that he can set every single one free from every bit of chain and shackle and bondage. Jesus was restoring humanity to the origins that God always intended. When God created this earth and He put the garden on it, He put Adam and Eve on it, and He gave them the ability to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, He intended for that to be on an earth that was not raped and pillaged by Satan and His kingdom. He died on the cross so that He could restore His people to become human flesh spirit beings who have the ability to walk on this earth but be seated in heavenly places and have the kingdom of heaven living through us in this world. He has delivered us from the authority of Satan and all the dark kingdom. He set us free. Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness. It's not just, it's okay. It's, <laughs> you're so forgiven, I don't even remember what I had to forgive you for. You're so forgiven that the things that, that were tormenting you, <laughs> I pulled you out of that, and that's not even existent in your life anymore. You're so forgiven that not only are you in right standing with me and can stand before my Father without shame anymore, you don't have to hide behind fig leaves and pretend like everything's fine when you know it's not, because my blood will not only forgive you, it'll cleanse you and it'll set you free and it'll make it as if that thing never existed in you in the first place. And, 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 but, but it's even better than that because His redemption set us free from the power of darkness and it brought us into His kingdom of light, not just as, as passive people who, well, I was, I was enslaved to this and now I'm just over here. Well, that's a great place to start. But it's more than I'm just now over here. It's I created you to be fruitful and multiply. Let, let's, go to, let's go to Genesis chapter 1 real quick. How are you guys doing right now? Okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> oh, that was good, man. I liked that. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. In other words, let us, let us put our own DNA into this person. Let's create this person in our nature, okay? Let them have dominion. The word dominion means to, to take authority. It means to... to to build a domain and rule it, all right? Take dominion. It's, a, it's an authority word. 
He's giving them authority over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, the cattle, and all the earth, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That says every creeping thing. Doesn't just say animals. What about demons? Hmm? Take dominion over every creature, every thing that creeps on this earth. Gave them authority over all of the earth. Wow. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. Hallelujah. He blessed them. Everybody say, I'm blessed. I'm more blessed than I think I am. He blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the air, all those things, right? Everything that moves on the earth. Be fruitful, that means bear fruit, that means, that means whatever he put in you, let it become more. Let what's within you come outward. Bear fruit, there's going to be more that comes out of you than just you, all right? And, and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, subdue it. He put them in the Garden of Eden, which was just a location on the earth, but he said, sub, he said, fill the earth, not just the garden. Not, don't just fill the garden. Fill the earth. And subdue the earth. Subdue the earth. What does subdue mean? <laughs> Glad you asked. <laughs> the word subdue in Hebrew is kabosh, and it means to conquer, to subjugate, to violate, to bring into bondage, to force, to keep under, to subdue, to bring into subjection. The job description for God's children was to conquer the world and take dominion and to fill the earth with his kingdom. So God didn't intend for the, for the perimeters of his heaven on earth kingdom to just be where Eden was at that moment, but to actually take ground. So there, there must have been something going on outside of the garden. And we don't know fully what that is, but we do know that Satan is called the God of this world, and he was cast out of heaven onto this earth, so he must have been out there somewhere, because he was the only person that they needed to take into subjection, all right, and then just the earth itself. So God intended for them to expand his kingdom outward. It's a kingdom expansion. I'm giving you power. I'm giving you authority to take dominion, to, to, to gain ground, to subjugate things that are not already in the kingdom, to go out there and grab it and bring the kingdom into that place to occupy new territory. That's Adam and Eve. That's what God intended. He wanted them to expand his kingdom, heaven on earth around the whole globe. 
and that they would rule and reign and their children would rule and reign and they would, they would multiply themselves of people who are created in God's image who are going to rule and reign. And Satan would have, until this day, just been like scorpions tread under their feet everywhere they go. No authority, no power, couldn't do anything unless they opened the gate for him to. What did Jesus redeem us to? Way more than, it's okay. Way more than just getting us back into a knowledge of being in his image. That's profoundly the most important thing right there. We need to have that. But from that place, we need to know that God has actually given us something powerful inside of us that needs to work its way out of us, not exiting us, but expanding, all right? Bear fruit. How do you bear fruit? Fruit is an outward manifestation of an inward reality. Be fruitful. Bear, manifest outwardly all that God has put inside of you. Be fruitful. Manifest outwardly in your inward reality. That means you've got to get your inward reality to the place that you want it to be manifesting outwardly. All right? A lot of people are trying to manifest outwardly things that they don't actually have in them yet. You can only manifest the, the image and glory of God outwardly that you know you have inwardly. And God's trying to, he's trying to reform our self-image to enter into his image. He's trying to restore us to our origins, God's version of you. It's amazing. And he, does, he, he wants to do a thorough job in you, but he doesn't want to stop there. He wants it to come from in you outward. And, and as, you as you bear fruit, you're creating an outward reality of, of an inward reality, all right? And you, you can multiply. That means that you're actually going to be bringing transformation to other people who are going to start discovering who they are, the restoration of, their, of, of the God's version of them. It's multiplying to other people, Okay? And, and, and then and fill the earth. We get to, God, God actually plans on revival like we've never seen. And, and I'm not just talking about, although I hope it includes this, drunken on the floor, shaking and falling over. Like, I love that. Lord, let it happen more. But, but he, his goal is not just to give us little happy parties, although that comes with the territory. It's, to, it's actually to change this world that is under bondage to Satan's rulership and people who are, who are destined for an eternity to hell unless if they can get the blood of Jesus that will set them free. And so Jesus is actually trying to get us into a place where we are being transformed, but we're discovering that, that our transformation needs to become somebody else's transformation too. And so we also need to know that God has given us authority in this earth 
Part of the restoration to our origins is getting back into an authority, a spiritual authority that's in the name of Jesus Christ. And that we can actually be carriers of His authority that's been delegated to us through His blood in His name. And that we get to be the people who are carrying His kingdom into the world. And that we got to believe that we're, we're carriers of His kingdom. Heaven on earth. And that we've actually been given authority that can shift atmospheres and can change spiritual climates. And from that place, we can also change natural environments too. He doesn't want to keep it contained in the garden or, or maybe in this case, I'll say just in the four walls of the church. It's expansion into the world. Jesus said, go into all the world, didn't he? It doesn't just mean going to other countries, but go into the world. Like the world is right next door. Take it to the places that God's given you access to. And when you go, like go believing that you're a carrier of the kingdom of God and you're, you have the authority that's releasing a stronger power into the environment around you that might be dictated by darkness. Jesus died on the cross to set that darkness free too. And there's so much more I want to say this morning. And the clock's ticking, and, and you guys have to get to Shoney's. So I just got to bring it around to what I want to leave you with today. I, I, just, feel a, I just feel in my spirit that the, the whole point of this is to stir your belief in who you are and God's calling on you. And that God doesn't just believe in you, he depends on you. If there's one thing that I think that we all could agree with, that since 2020, <laughs> I always use that because for some reason it feels like something shifted into a whole other level of darkness on this earth. And, and we can be the type of people that look at the environment around us and think, well, things are just going to get worse. Or, or look at it and think, I need to figure out where I can go where things get a lot more comfortable. Where's the field of dancing fawns? <laughs> Whatever. I just, that was stupid. I made that up right off the spot. That was not cool, was it? <laughs> where can I go where somebody else has already made it easy for me? Well, if that's where God calls you, then you need to be there. But, but, if God, but if you can recognize that God has given you the same great commission that He's given me, it's that he's, he's wanting us to take His kingdom into all parts of the earth. He didn't guarantee it's going to be simple, but He did guarantee that He's restoring you to your spiritual authority and that you can approach it like Adam and Eve would have approached it had they never fallen. We have dominion in Christ. Doesn't mean we're, we're going and trying to dominate other people and man-made things. We're talking about in the spirit realm. We're bringing His kingdom. The kingdom is in your midst. Are you going to be an administrator of a kingdom and shift the atmosphere? Or are you going to wait for somebody else to do it for you? Because God's calling us up. He's calling us up. 
And, and the, the revival that we're all praying for is not going to come by passive Christians. And it's not going to come by us waiting for somebody else who, do, who doesn't want to be passive like I want to be. Alright? we got to make a determination that we're going to be all in. All in. And that we're not all in on our own strength. We're all in because Christ has restored everything to me. And I'm greater than I feel like I am. I'm greater than I think I'm looking at when I look in the mirror in the morning at 5 a.m. sometimes. God knows who you are. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing on the cross. He wasn't looking at a bunch of heathen sinners. He's looking at, I want this to be my son. This, is, this could be a person who can be completely restored. And maybe even a minister of the gospel in a place where they never heard it. Come on. God's got something big for you guys. Every single one of you. He's given you more authority than you're currently operating in. I'm being challenged too, all right? I'm preaching to me as well. I, I, I just feel this burden or this, this zeal in me to call us into a higher place of belief and devotion to see in ourselves enter into all God has for us. It's not just about making overflow a greater church. That's going to happen as a byproduct. There's a world around us that has no clue about what Jesus has provided for them. And Jesus came to set the captives free. You are the one he's depending on. Come on. Can you stand up? <laughs> Come on. Amen. Amen. All right. Yeah, why don't you guys repeat after me? I'm a child of the Most High God. His blood has redeemed me. He's thoroughly forgiven me. And He's restored me to my authority. And my calling, and my calling to bring his kingdom into this world. Into this world. God, believes in me, God believes in me, but he's also dependent on me, dependent on me to, be to be his vessel. I carry the kingdom within me. I'm seated in the heavenly places, and I walk on this earth. I am a walking, breathing portal of heaven, and I take open heavens everywhere I go, and I'm going to continue to, to focus on this reality. In time, we're going to see results like we've never seen before, and God, I choose to stay the course in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome.